0: Praise the Lord, it is indeed a great day to be alive. Once again, it's me, Ian Okutiyang. Thank you for letting me come into your space, to your home. I trust you are doing great, yourself and your family. And uh, we are right here once again to receive from the word of the Lord. God richly bless and increase you. Let's look to him in prayer right now. Our Heavenly Father, we bless you and glorify you. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and mercy. Lord, as we come before you, we come before you humbly and reverently to receive truth. And I trust you, Lord, to anoint me to speak as your own divine oracle, to bring life, to bring exaltation, to bring increase, whatever your people need. And Father, Lord, we'll go there and manifest ourselves as children of God, through the truth, by your Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, once again, like I said, it's indeed a great day to be alive. I trust that you are really excited. We're living in the last days. I'm not just saying that out of a sense of, uh, you know, cliche or anything like that. Are you looking at the signs? Are you seeing, yes, the world is really in a state of turmoil, chaos, uh, you know, uh, inflation, name it. All kinds of horrible things are happening all over the world. But don't forget, Jesus told us, regardless of what happens, he told us not to fear, but to look up. Our salvation indeed draws nigh. Hallelujah. I'm going to be reading a few portions of scripture here just to begin. We're going to be looking at something really, what I would say, pertinent, relevant for us today, and I'm going to be reading from 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, and this concerns everybody. Hallelujah. Let me begin reading from verse 5. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders, because we know we don't begin a a statement would likewise. So he'd been talking about the elders in the church, you know, serving as, you know, examples of the Lord Jesus with a, a great servant attitude, great attitude representing the Lord as under shepherds, taking care of his flock. That's what he was saying. So for that, then following after that, verse five, he says, likewise, you younger people, he says here, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed, with humility, did you notice that cloth? In other words, humility is something that you're clothed with. You know, something that will be seen in your attitude, in the way you relate, in the way you talk, the way you greet people. It's something that will come across once people come in contact with you. So, it's something that people would sense about you. I meant to say when they come in contact with you. But listen to this: is God resists the proud? Isn't that something that God will resist the proud, but give grace to the humble? God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You and I don't want to put ourselves in a place where God will have to resist us. Not at all. He says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in, the, in due time. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Then it goes on to say, casting all of your care upon him. For he cares for you. Do you realize rolling your worries, anxieties, cares on him is a mark of humility? Do you realize that? And you know, if you and I could exalt ourselves or promote ourselves, we would have done it. The fact is, we don't know how to exalt ourselves. You couldn't. Only God exalts. The Bible tells us promotion does not come from the east or west or the south. It doesn't come from any of those places. It only comes from the Lord. And so what we're going to be looking at today, I'm going to title it, the way up is down. The way up is down. Well, you want to go up. You want to be promoted. God wants us to go up and be promoted. But that place of promotion belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to anybody. Yes, are times people could be used to lift you up, you know, to put you in a place you didn't have before. that's a place of honor, respect, you know. Uh, but it was the Lord that did it nonetheless. Hallelujah. Now let's go ahead here. I want to uh, let, let's see here in Philippians, right here in the book of Philippians chapter 2. Uh, this is really really powerful. Um, we know it as uh, from verse five it says, "Let this man be in you which was in Christ Jesus." In fact, let me go ahead and read this from the NLT version the NLT version of Philippians 2. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ had. You know, King James or New King James said, even King James says it, So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He said, there's an attitude that goes with humility. You know, when we show love, it should have that right attitude of humility, of, uh, you know, that radiates the nature and the character of Christ. He said, though he was God, Jesus was God, is God, and will be God forever, along with his Father. You see, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. But instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Now, when you think about this, this is perfect Lord Jesus. This is perfect Jesus. Our Lord Jesus, perfect himself. No sin, no blemish whatsoever. But listen to this. Though he was God, did not think equality with God as something to cling to, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position. In other words, Jesus humbled himself. Think about it. Jesus chose intentionally by his own volition to humble, themselves, to humble himself. So humble, we're told here, he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And died a criminal's death on a cross. You know, listen. The disciple is not greater than his master. If the master had to humble himself to fulfill the Father's purpose, every one of us will have to do it. Listen. If you go through scriptures, I don't care where you go, all through scriptures everywhere, there is no way and nobody in the scriptures that God to fulfill and God promote fulfill their their calling in life, what God had for them and God promoted, they. Had to do this. They had to humble themselves. There is no other way. The way up is down. Let that sink in. Hallelujah. So we're talking, he humbled himself in obedience to God. He died a criminal's death. Was he a criminal? No. No. But he did it anyway. For you and I. Therefore, because, no, it was because of what he did. In humbling himself. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and given the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Did you get that? Because of his humility, submission, subserviency, to the will and purpose of the Father, the Father exalted him. You know there is no other way. It doesn't matter who you are, where you were born. Yeah, people say, "Well, that person's humble." Listen, there is no, there's nobody that doesn't have in them the possibility or attitude to be proud. I don't care about. You know, I'm from, I'm from a place where people say, "Well, we may be poor, but we're proud." Those are two very deadly combinations. And in a natural, you know, people will think, well, so and so is a humble person. They may maybe they don't have means or they are poor, that type of thing. No, that the two don't go together. Humility and poverty don't go together. No, those are uh, 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 that's man's interpretation. What men think of humility. Humility is the nature and character of Christ. Hallelujah. So we're told he humbled himself. Like you said, nobody that ever fulfilled their plan and purpose or what God had for them without having to go through this. Suffering unjustly, humbling themselves. Look at Moses, yeah, raised in the palace, was at the backside of the desert for 40 years. Think about it, that's a long time. That's not wasted time, that's time for preparation. Yes, 40 years, oh yeah. You know, he born, been born. He was raised in the palace, thinking well, well educated. We are told from what we have in the Book of Acts, well educated with the top education of the day, belonged to the royal family of the earth, the premier family of the earth. Yet had to run to the backside of the desert, and there was serving as a shepherd for forty years. Look at Joseph. Oh yeah, yes, was the favorite of his father. Privilege, coat of many colors. Oh yeah, you know what his brothers did to him because of the dreams he had. They sold him into slavery. Think about that. Sold him into slavery, ended up in Potiphar's house. The woman of the house propositioning him every day to sleep with her, but he refused. And eventually had to flee. The woman would do everything to get him to compromise and sin against God, commit wickedness. But he wouldn't. And then what happened? The woman accused him. Think about it, what would that look like on his resume? Rapist, you know? That type of thing. Yet he had no means of really objectively defending himself that anybody was gonna believe. Ends up in prison for doing nothing wrong. And was there for years? Hallelujah you see, each of those people went from those positions to the promotion only God could have given them. Yes, Abraham. Oh, yeah. Abraham went through. Everybody had a place of promotion. You think about Abraham. Oh, yeah, God spoke to him. Leave your people. He took Lot with him. Eventually, God began to bless and bless and bless him. And one of those days, you know, Lot was prospering. He was prospering. Lot didn't realize, I'm prospering because I'm with a blessed man. God's covenant man, Abraham. And uh, Abraham would not tolerate strife. And said to Lot, hey, the land is before you. Think about it. Lot is blessed because he's with Abraham. Uh, Abraham is Lot's benefactor. Yeah, so to speak. And uh, Abraham says to Lot, Lot, you know, look at the land. Choose whichever portion of it you want. Think about it. If you choose one side, I'll choose the other side. Now I was, choose whatever you want. Can you imagine? How many people do you know will do that? People say, we're going to think, my goodness, this guy is blessed because of me. How dare I tell him to choose? But of course, you know how the story goes. Lord chose the best parts of the land and everything else. And Abraham chose, chose the other part. But after he left, what did God do? God showed up and began to speak to Abraham. Told him, look, north, south, east, and west. The land that you see. Which included Lord's land. I'm going to give to you. See, with every place where people had to give up what was legitimately theirs, you know, take on that humility, that attitude, and all that, and they complied. You see, God stepping in and God blessing them. Look at Elijah. Oh Lord, I'm the only one serving you. You know, all these people are forsaking you. I'm the only one. God said to, Hey, hold it, buddy. There's 7,000 besides you. (laughs) His feathers just fell. Deflated completely. Prodigal son. Prodigal son. Yeah. Took his father's wealth, riches, squandered it every which way. But what happened? He said, I will arise and go to my father. You know, think about it. You know, that's the problem. Some people, after they've made mistakes, blown it, the seemed not to be able to have that spirit of humility to get up and say, you know what? I made a mess of this thing. I need to own my mess. He said, I will arise and go to my father. And got up and went. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, Naomi. Her husband had left. And then husband and two sons went over to Moa. Two sons had married. Well, before it was all said and done, it was supposed to be just a surgeon. Before it was all said and done, the husband died, the two sons died, and then uh, the women were left. So, Opa got up and left, went back to her people and her idols. And Naomi was so, you know, she couldn't find is, Why are all these things happening to me and my family? See what has befallen us. Realizing the state in which she was, she got up and went home. And there are times when people cannot make mistakes. They seem to find it difficult to retrace their steps and go back. But listen, think about it. Naomi got up and go back. She wasn't going back better than she was. Going back, nothing to show for all of these years of being away. Ten years thereabout And went back. See, humility and all that. People are going to be looking at her and say, what happened? What happened? Imagine all of the people she has to probably start telling the stories and the people that heard things about her, but she went anyway. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to see something here, which I believe would really, really help us to be able to highlight this issue very properly. We're going to be looking at two two kings here. And the first one is the king called Asa. Asa was the king of Judah. At this point in time, Judah and Benjamin were kind of together. Judah and Benjamin were together. And we'll pick up the story here from 2 Chronicles 14. So 2 Chronicles 14, Asa has become king. His father Abijah Abijah, had died and uh, he's now stepped up to be king. And so while he was king and all that, and uh, something happened. And that's kind of a And so he begins to seek the Lord and serve the Lord and, uh, you know, uh, get rid of the idols and things like that, really set his heart to serve the Lord. And so we have it here in verse, um, he removed all kinds of, uh, you know, began to purge idolatry from the land. So verse six, he built fortified cities in Judah and the land had rest. He had no war. He had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore, he said to Judah, let us build these cities, make walls round them, towers and gates and bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord, our God, we have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side, so they built and prospered. In fact, you see that when we seek the Lord, you see again and again, you know, in Chronicles, as they sought the Lord. said, what are you seeking the Lord for? You are acknowledging him as king, the one whom you are submitted and subservient to the Lord will prosper them. And so something happened here in the course of times, in the course of the time. So the Ethiopians, right here in verse nine, then Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million men and 300 chariots. And they came to uh, Maresha. Ma- 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 so they came to attack, say about a million men. They came to attack Asa with Judah. Asa at this point in time had about 500 and 80,000 soldiers. Meanwhile, uh, Ethiopia had about a million, more than a million thereabouts. So we're told here, verse 11, and Esau, so the day Esau went to face, you know, the other armies double what he has. So he went out to face this army. Listen to verse 11. And Esau cried to the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God. For we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude, O Lord. You are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. You know, I love the way these people pray. See, this is something we can learn about praying. Make, see, he's making his business, the business of the nation, God's business. That's the way we should pray. Oh, yeah. You're praying for your son and all of that. Your son is a child of God. Say, Lord, I, I, yeah, this is your, it's my son, quite a bit, but this is your child. This is your son. I'm raising this son or this child for you. Make your business God's business. If God was to answer that prayer for you, what's the benefit of it for the kingdom? Verse 12. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people who were with him pursued them to Gerar. So the Ethiopians were overthrown, and they could not recover for their we were broken before the Lord and his army, and they carried away much spoil. Then they defeated all the cities around Gerar. Hallelujah. So you see there, Asa had just started out to be, he was now, you know, in his early years as a king, and he had this challenge, and he sought the Lord, and the Lord fought for him. Now, we now come here to chapter 16 of 2 Chronicles, and this is many years afterwards. So in chapter 16, uh, 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 many, many years after the first one, um, from verse 1, in the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might let none go out or come into Asa, king of Judah. So he was besieged at this point in time by Israel. King of Israel had been into idolatry. Basha, king of Israel, was not serving the Lord at this time. Then Asa brought, listen now, so Israel was not a big army like the Ethiopians, so they came to attack him. The first time when he was attacked, he sought the Lord and prayed, and the Lord delivered him. But this time around, I mean, he's facing another attack, though many years afterwards. But what does Asa do? Verse 2, Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord of the king's house, and send them to ben- Ben-Hadad, king of Syria. Isn't that something? You would have thought, well, I did something the last time it worked. Maybe I should do that. You know, that's just something I find out people when they, at a point in time when they don't have much, you know, they don't have a job, and they're seeking the Lord, they're in church, they're serving the Lord, and all that. Then they start being prospered. Now, when they have problems now, things like that, they don't seek the Lord anymore. They've got the connections. They've got money and all that. So they're no longer depending on the Lord the way they used to be depend on the Lord. Now, I want to ask you, listen, are you that way? Are you seeking the Lord the way you, sh- you used to seek him or you de- the way you should be seeking him at this time in your life? You're depending, have you put something in the place of the Lord, to depend on that thing instead of the Lord. So going on here, so what happens? He brings, he goes into the treasury house of the Lord, the temple, brings the holy utensils of worship, precious utensils of worship that Solomon had put back there in the temple. And he sends this thing to an, an, uh, an idolatrous king, Syria. Listen, so he sent this to Ben-Hadar king of Syria who dwelt in Damascus, verse 3. Let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father. It's like we said. people are, God begins to bless some people, then they don't have time for the Lord anymore. No time to pray, no time to fast, no time to wait on the Lord. Mm-mm, they're too busy. Are you in that position? Listen, if you're, In that position, you're putting yourself in a place of danger to lose what the Lord has blessed you with. And I trust you don't want that. Hallelujah. So he said, Let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father. See, I've sent you silver and gold. Come break your treaty with Bashar, king of Israel, so that he might withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of his army against the cities of Israel. They attacked Aijon, Dan, Abel, Atta, Maim, and all the story cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Basha heard it, that he stopped building and all that. So he withdrew. But listen to verse seven here. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, because you have relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria Sorry, I got that wrong. Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God. See, that's the problem. See, when you're not relying on God, depending on him, but depending on something else, somebody else, do you realize that's a lack of humility right there? You're no longer submitting to the Lord. And what, what are the consequences here? Because you have not relied on the Lord your God, Therefore, the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. I always love that expression, deliver them into your hand. Because it was not by the skill of Esau and his army that they won. It was because the Lord delivered these people into his hands. You know what? I remember years ago trying to capture a grasshopper. I didn't realize it was a huge locust that had serrated legs and all that. So I remember I tried to catch it in my little hand. I was about six years old catching these things in my hand. And the thing pricked me and I threw it away. But my uncle, my mom's younger brother, I said, please, uncle, 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 Ba, please come catch this thing for me. And he went, caught it for me, and I had a little jar, you know, a little jar glass, and I opened it and I put it in. So he, what, hap- what happened? He caught this locust, the grasshopper for me and he delivered it into my hand. So that's what the Lord does for us. See, dear friend, I want to really speak to you dearly. The way up is down and the, one of the ways of refusing to go down in humility before the Lord is not to rely on him but relying on everything else apart from the Lord especially when people have not been blessed by the Lord and it's like they're no longer committed, they're no longer dedicated the way they used to be. And listen, in fact, we're going to be seeing further. This was what led to the downfall of Asa. Used to, yeah, I know people who used to pray, read their Bibles and go to church, retreat, uh, witness and do all of those things. Now they're blessed, they've got a job, they've got this. And it's all kinds of excuses. Hmm. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I know life can be challenges, challenging with responsibilities. But the fact is, is the Lord's still priority. The truth is, the only true promotion that could ever come to you and I can only come from God. It doesn't come just by our hard works or connections or any other means. Dear friend, it's really indeed a great day to be alive. I want to thank you for letting me come to your home or wherever you are. This is the first part of this message. I'm going to be picking up the next part and our next session. And I trust you're going to stay tuned and look out for it and be blessed. And once again, let me encourage you, share this message with uh, friends. And besides, let's know how you're being blessed by this message. Let's hear from you. God richly bless you. Thank you once again. Keep on keeping on. Until next time, don't forget, it's indeed a great day to be alive.